Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com/acast code acast. Fenton dummy half. It's with the halfback William. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, it is Team List Tuesday, the biggest day of the year for us NRL Supercoach nerds out there. There's a stack of it. We love the game. Uh, I'm that excited. It's, it's about 4.30 now. We've just had a run through the team list, um, all the big ins and outs. There's some very significant stuff for our Supercoach sides. Here to chat about all these all these changes and our Round one Supercoach side is 2019 Supercoach champion Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. It's uh, yeah, it's good to have the whole team back together for this uh, lovely Tuesday afternoon. Um, It is, mate. Obviously, just two two days away from kickoff, so the nerves are starting to kick in a bit. I know the spies feeling a bit nervous there. Um, flipping flipping around some players into different positions, second guessing yourself. Yeah, it's 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 the nightmare that we go through forty eight hours out, but we all love it. It is, mate. It's a big day, uh, and as you mentioned, we do actually have the uh, the entire quartet of regulars here today. Uh, the making up the trifecta of that quartet is twenty nineteen Supercoach runner up, Walsh and Carlos. Walsh, how are you, mate? Hey, yeah, good boys. Really excited for today. Good insight, mate. Uh, big, big, strong intro from you, Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just excited to get into it, Timmy. So let's talk about these teamless. Bloody oath, mate. And last on that list uh, is. The one and only Supercoach Spy. Spite? Boys, how are we? Desi, I don't know where these nerves are coming from, mate, but you might be looking in the mirror too much this week. Just concentrate on your team, brother, and you'll be fine. (laughs) Um, I'm pumped. The good news is, for exciting purposes, I've actually yet to look at the team drops because I've just finished work and it was pretty hectic. So you get some live reactions here. Game on, boys. Good to be back together. Mm, that's it. We are we're pretty fresh into this, having with the teams having just dropped. So there'll be plenty of good live reactions uh, on today's show. Basically, we're just going to be going through each team list uh, as we see it, talking about them pretty well in depth. But uh, you can also go back and listen to the rest of our podcast where we've uh, we've spoken about players and every club in detail. So they're all still relevant, the ones we've done throughout the preseason. So check them out. We're going to drop the pods that we've all got in our sides for round one, the people we're looking at anti-podding for round one, uh, and then as usual, we'll take a few questions at the end, but with a bit of luck, we'll uh, we'll get through, we'll get to most of your questions as we go through the teams in the show. 
Guys, big one. Take us on all the SC Playbook contributors uh, in our unlimited group. The group code is 784746. Uh, the highest ranked subscriber and non-subscriber to knock us all off will win some pretty mad prizes at the end of the NRL regular season. One of the contributors who was locked in today is the Canberra skipper, Jared Croke, who's back on board SC Playbook for the 2021 season. Uh, Croke finished, oh, what was he about? Somewhere about ten to 15,000 in his debut Supercoach season, so not a bad start from the skipper. He'll be looking to go one better this season. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but the top-ranked subscriber wins a fully-signed Raiders 2021 jumper or a team jumper of choice if you're not a fan of the Mighty Green Machine. Not sure why you wouldn't be. Uh, and also two tickets to an NRL game of choice in 2022, plus food and drinks package. Highest-ranked non-subscriber in the group wins the game day package with two tickets, food and drinks. Uh, if you did want to subscribe for stacks of extra content throughout the year and put yourself in the running for our major prize, uh, just head to the menu on the website and you can sign up through that. The feedback we've had so far for the subscriber content has been very positive, um, so hopefully it's hitting the right spots for you all. Uh, and as always, plenty of feedback will help us to get that better and better. Uh, guys, let's jump into the all-important team list. It's been three and a half minutes too long without talking about them so far. Um, as I said, we'll be uh, there'll be a lot of new things coming to us as we speak. We're fresh off the press here with the teams. Um, I'll go through the significant changes as I've seen them and jotted down. And I'm sure you blokes will fill in with anything that I've missed. Fellas, we'll start with the blockbuster Storm and Rabbitohs games. Uh, and a few of the key points for me was, number one, George Jennings named on the wing for the Storm, the new recruit. Uh, Remus Smith has been named at centre, who's pricked a bit of interest in Supercoach circles. That is because Brenko Lee is out injured uh, for a couple. I'm not sure how long, but it's not too long, so he won't be far off, and you'd think he'll slot back in there. Um, otherwise, Melbourne are one of the more stable teams from what we saw last year, as they seem to be each and every year. Whilst I'll start with you, mate, at the Melbourne Storm, what's piqued your interest, and probably more than anything, so that we're not here all day, um, who are the guys you're eyeing off for the Storm in round one? Well, it's funny, Timmy. I just went uh, past my young fella and he said, how many Storm players have you got in? And I said, oh, I think none, but uh, I obviously forgot about Brian Pappenhausen. So Brian Pappenhausen is a lock for me. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Brandon Smith as well, so I didn't think of that too well. But um, both of those boys are in. The other two that I'm probably considering is, and he's an outside chance, I don't think he'll make my side, but is Christian Welsh and... Cameron Munster, but I think I'm going to keep my powder dry on those and I'll definitely lock in Pappy and and ch- the cheese. Mate, tell us more about the cheese because he's obviously um, become very prevalent, prevalent in Supercoach with uh, Harry Grant down and out. So Grant's ex- expected to miss about the first month, which means Smith will start at hooker. Um, what made his job even better was that Dale Finucane went down injured the starting lot for the Storm, who averaged about 58 minutes per game last year. So even when Grant does come back, uh, and if he does come back a little bit early, you'd probably expect Brandon Smith to get that starting lock role or at least get those extra minutes. Mate, are you very keen on Brandon Smith, or is there a worry that he only plays the same minutes of last year? No, I think he plays 70 to 80 minutes. Be surprised if he doesn't play 80 minutes. Um it might just be a fitness thing if he's been training to play lock. But, yeah, just looking at their bench, I mean, it's not a very strong bench. Tui Kamakamika doesn't play many minutes. Um, Chris Lewis and Tom Eisenhuth, whilst they probably could play big minutes, they've never had the trust of Bellamy mm. to play many minutes. And then Nico Hines comes in and plays like a um, a role there, like an interchange sort of forward or, some, or basically just as an extra back that runs up the middle. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I actually don't mind, you know, a few of the Melbourne forwards for that reason. I think Welsh and even a Sofa Solomon are coming to calculations, but I think I'm just going to stick with Brandon Smith and Pappy. Desi, over at the Storm, who have you got in your starting side as it stands? Uh, and I suppose who are the guys that are on the cuff that you're looking at pretty closely? So, yeah, I'm pretty much with Walsh on that one. I think Brandon Smith, he's pretty much moved to number one or number two behind Connor Watson for me as a must-have. I think he could average around Tamalolo score um, for, for the first couple of months anyway. Um, so I think he's 200k underpriced for what he's going to do there. Um, obviously, with Harry Graham moving out, I had to change it up there. So I brought in Coruscant as my hooker. Um, but yeah, I also had to swap out Cody Walker, Cody Walker back to Cam Munster. I just I had to bring my boy back in. I just have so much faith in him, and yeah, I'm, I've also got Paps as well at fullback because he's just an absolute must-have. Yeah, interesting one there, mate. Uh, flipping from Cody back to Munster. That's that's been the big dilemma for so many super coaches this preseason. Um, Spy, I suppose. I mean, we'll, we'll get to your five eight later because you know we've got we know you've got a bit of a pod there. Uh, mate, is Brandon Smith in your side? And I know that uh, Christian Welch is a guy you've been pretty keen on all preseason. Uh, is he among your storm contingent? Yeah, mate. Christian Welch is there at the moment. Just that value he offers in the front row at 450k, I think it's hard to pass up. I certainly – I don't have him as an absolute lock and things could change, but I think – He's a pretty good selection there. Um, if things go pear-shaped, you could probably obviously trade him out, but I like him early. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen's definitely there for me with the goal kicking and another year older and probably a bit more ball this year potentially, or at least the same as last year. People have spoken about his slightly tricky start. He does have South, Parra and Penrith the first three rounds, so maybe he does start a little slow. Maybe he explodes, but then he plays uh, the Broncos and the Bulldogs after that and then the Warriors and Sharks not long after. So I think it's just something with Pappy where you probably just want to look at getting through those first few rounds, hope he averages sort of even 65, 70, and then he'll be onwards and upwards from there, boys. But um, interesting chat about the cheese, Brandon Smith. I've sort of had him in and out over the past week, just seeing what I want to do. I'll pose a quick question to you guys. I've currently got Ryan Madison from the Eels, who we'll get to later. Do I drop Madison for the cheese and give myself an extra 200K to do do some damage yeah. elsewhere? That's my big, big dilemma at the moment. Jesus. Oof. Desi, what do you reckon? Would you be would you be doing that? I mean, it's it's feasible, but it depends mm. it depends what elsewhere means. Like, yeah, that's going. it. Um, and, like, we won't get into it now, but that's basically where I'm at. I'm not sure. The only reason I'm not certain on the cheese being a lock is because I really want him those first two or three weeks while Harry Grant's out. But then if he goes back to a lock roll and they're rotating forwards through and Melbourne's playing well as they do, does he just go back to a similar role to last year? And then mm. do I then have to use a trade in like round four or five that could be obviously at that time of the year better better used somewhere else? So that's my only concern, but I can certainly understand the appeal of starting fast with Brandon um, and going from there. But it's, it's, I just don't think it's as clear cut as it seems. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, mate. Uh, I'm pretty keen on him. He's currently not in my side, but uh, a big chance of coming in. I just, I'm with you. I don't think it's uh, as clear cut. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, moving on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, a very interesting Supercoach round one side and a big one in terms of team list today. Jaden Suart returns from an off-season sort of mishap, missed out on the Charity Shield game, returns on the edge, starts on the edge with Jacob Host. 
That means Cam Murray starting at lock, which means Jai Arrow and Keon Kolomatungi start from the bench. There's a three-forward bench with Benji Marshall named at 14. Um, guys, some seriously super coach relevant stuff there. And whilst I'll start with you, and the question I have for you, uh, do you see, I mean, obviously Damien Cook's capable of 80. I mean, goes without saying. We've seen it year on year, year, on, year off. Um, could Benji spell Cook at any point in the game to be eased through the season or not? And, of course, I mean, who are your players from the Bunnies that you've got so far? Yeah, all the players from the Bunnies interest me, but at this stage, I don't have any in my team. Um, the, two, the two that probably interest me the most are Murray and Jai Arrow. I know, I know what you're going to think, say, but I'm getting drawn back into him again. But he is just ridiculously cheap for what he's done in the past with Supercoach, and he's a genuine value proposition with that bench. Um, it was always in the back of my head that if they named a utility on the bench, which is unsouse-like, um, mm. since Maguire's been there, that you know Arrow's going to have to play minutes. Totola and Burgess aren't big minute players; they're forty minute max, maybe forty five. Um, I guess Nichols is, you know, Nichols is coming into his game. He could probably play 50 minutes, uh, Koala Matangi. So someone's going to benefit there. It's either going to be Joy Arrow or Cam Murray. Um, and I'm not even sure if hosts will play a full game. You know, I'm not sure if he's established his spot there. So Koala Matangi might come on um, on an edge. So he's been playing there for the whole trials. So Cameron Murray and Joy Arrow genuinely interest me. Cody Walker. My issue with Cody Walker is I don't want to buy him at this high price, um, I just I just can't see myself. He see him as a value proposition, but the way that they're playing, it's 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 uh, to and fro in my head. Um, Latrell Mitchell is another one that interests me, and Alex Johnson. But I'm going to avoid Latrell because I saw Benji in the trials play a little bit of fullback, and I know the way Bennett is and the way he tries to manage his marquee players through. Um, I think Benji's a chance of getting some time at a six or one Ew. in a blowout game. Just blowout game. I'm, saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen against the Melbourne Storm this weekend, but, you know, he can play both of those positions quite adequately, obviously six more so than one, but Cody Walker can play one as well. So um, that would be something to take into consideration. Well, mate, you, I mean, you might be on the money uh, and – the way I probably see it is is Benji, particularly in blowout games, maybe not against a Storm and a Roosters outfit that the Bunnies have early on, but uh, maybe Benji spelling Cook for 15 minutes hooker just to give him a, a bit of a breather there which uh, when they're in a position to do so. Um, and uh, with Latrell Mitchell, we saw it at the start of last year. I know he probably maybe came back from a, a shortened off season, so he was moved to the wing at stages of games and played 60 minutes, I think, from memory, the first few rounds last year. So, mate, you could be on the money there with the trail and probably just something to think about. Um, Desi, Jacob Host, named on the edge, has taken plenty of interest. The way I see it is Jai Arrow, once he gets back to full fitness, he had a bit of a, a hampered preseason with, I think it was another hamstring injury. Uh, round three or four, I can see Arrow starting on an edge and host going to the bench and having a back row of Sua, uh, Arrow and Cam Murray. Mate, do you have any interest in – do you think I'm on the money for starters and do you have an interest in Jacob Host and who else at the bunnies? Um, Not so much. I think you're on the money. I think Arrow will come in as soon as they can get him ready 
ready to come in. Like they they'll want him pairing with Arrow for at least sixty to sixty five minutes a game. Is is the way I understand it, and that's probably how they'll win the comp. Honestly, uh, they they have the team to do it. They're they're favourites to win, but as for Supercoach relevance, I think there's just going to be so much um, points dispersed across all the players. I don't think there's going to be one standout player. It it could be Cody, it could be Cook, it could be Murray. There's just so much to choose from. You can't. It's so hard to pinpoint it, and that's why I'm sort of agreeing with Walsh and not starting with any of them. I just I want to get mm. a cider first. On, on how the bunnies go, how they roll out over the first month. And if someone is really striking the gold, if it's Cody, I'll flip Munster straight back to him. That's that's just the way I'm going to deal with the Rabbitohs. Spy, your thoughts over at the bunnies. Um, and I need someone to answer my question because I'm not getting much love. Would you be worried as a Damien Cooker? And I think he's owned by 30 plus percent of coaches with Benji on the bench. Yeah, well, probably would be a little. I don't own him, so I haven't looked into it too much, but there's got to be a bit of concern there. Maybe, as you said, for the whole back on, is it Latrell resting? Is it Reynolds, Cody? Um, is it Cook? Obviously, in blowout games, these things can happen. So there's definitely cause for concern, but not enough to change your whole side. If you've got Cook in there and you've got a good side around him, I wouldn't panic, but just keep an eye on things early on. Um, I'll probably tend to agree with the boys. There could be a bit of dispersal across the backs in terms of points, but... Geez, there's some points to go around this year, so I don't know how worried I'd be. The, the Bunnies are red hot. I'm looking forward to watching them play footy, um, probably more than any other side this year. They're going to be fantastic. Uh, it'd be certainly scary not – Luttrell's a funny one, right? He's scary not to own, but he'd be scary to own as well. So just if you're on board the roller coaster, uh, mate, strap in. Anything could happen there. But he did look very good in pre-season, which impressed me after, obviously, a long injury layoff. Uh, just quickly on the other guys, Alex Johnson's got a huge ceiling this year on that left edge. Um, he's probably got some real low games in him as well, but one to keep an eye on. Mansour will probably be rock solid as well on the right there, providing he holds his spot there. Cody's probably my biggest concern not owning him. Um, I've I've got a circle around round four Bulldogs match. They play the Dogs and the Broncos and the Tigers back to back to back after a tough sort of two games early. So I think if he's looking anything like he did last season in the Charity Shield, I'll I'll find a way to get him for the Bulldogs match in round four, but I'm probably not starting with him at this stage um, just because they play Melbourne and the Roosters in the first few weeks. But again, he put 200 on the Chooks last year. Who knows with that guy? He's, he's on fire. So he'd be scary to watch, but I'm leaving him out. And I just think the whole back line's got potential, to be honest. You could nearly have one to seven in your side at any stage, and they could go well, uh, including Adam Reynolds, who kick a million goals. But the big one is Campbell Graham. I didn't realise how well he went to end last season in the back half. Crazy. Wow. I think if they weren't playing in Melbourne, I'd nearly start with him. But with, with that tough early run, you probably can't at that price. But, mate, he's on. So he'd be a big, big watch for me. Campbell Graham was exceptional last season. Obviously, again, we we spoke more about these guys in depth uh, during the the podcast when we covered each of these sides. But I mean, his base last year was thirty seven per game, which there's hardly a centre wing in the comp who can who was better than that. Um, you, you throw in the fact that he's playing in a red hot Rabbitohs side. My only issue there is uh, they keep chopping and changing Gagai and Campbell Graham on edges, uh, and based on the charity shield, I think Campbell Graham went back to the right side. Um, Bunnies fans will kill me if I was wrong with that, but I'm pretty sure he was. And Gaga went back to the left. I'd much prefer Campbell Graham if he was playing on the left side. Anyway, moving on to the Knights and Bulldogs at 6pm on Friday. 
Uh, at the night, Tex Hoy named at fullback as expected for the injured Caelan Ponga. Connor Watson locked and loaded to play number 13 for the Knights. The Knights have named a four-forward bench, which is big. Big ramifications for the likes of David Clemmer, Daniel Sofidi, uh, potentially Frizzell's Barnett's, all these guys. Um, puts a bit of a question mark on all of their minutes. Also big for anyone who was keen on Jaden Braley to start the year. Without a, a hooking option at 14, Braley looks probably set for 80 minutes, although we know Kurt Mann and Connor Watson can both deputise there if you need to spell for 15, 20 minutes. Um, whilst Tex Hoy is a guy that you're keen on for M1. Uh, I'm sort of questioning that at the moment because uh, of some of the feedback that I've had from um, you and the spy. But, yeah, I mean, it's, he's attractive given the draw they have in the first two or three weeks. And, you know, it's reported that Ponga could be out for up to six weeks. Even if it was three weeks, I'd probably take that. But it's just is it worth the risk to take him? Because he's sort of a play as well. Like if you actually put yeah. him aside, you you, you want to play him and he's 240000 So um, I'm seriously considering him. He was a lock in my side last night and then I sort of flagged it with you boys and I'm sort of second-guessing myself. But, um, yeah, he's incredible value to start the season as a goal-kicking fullback for Newcastle and the, and the draw they've got. One of the things in the back of my mind that worries me a little bit about Newcastle is just the whole Pierce thing and how that, that'll play out. Um, generally, teams that have that type of thing happen, uh, they yeah they don't go so well. So we'll see what happens. Mm. Yeah, I think Tex Hoy for me, and I've sort of had this same opinion the whole preseason, it's just been such a sort of smoke screens with the, the Kalen Ponga news. We haven't, haven't gotten much good information all, all pre-season on, you know, how long he's definitely going to be out for. There's reports of, you know, four to six weeks or whatever. Tex Hoy, I'm going to leave him out as tempting as he is with that draw, goal-kicking duties, playing fullback. Um, leave him out if he goes nuts the first two rounds and then we get word that Ponga's going to be out for a few more rounds. I'll just bring him in round three before that price rise, um, but just get a good look at him. Desi, anyone at the Knights take your interest? Only Connor Watson. I think you've hit, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, <laughs> We've said it for the last couple of podcasts. If if you don't have this guy in your team, you you're just not going to win Super Coach. I'm, I'm putting it out there. I think he's an absolute must-have at that price. You're paying what 40k more than Tex Hoy for Connor Watson. I think it's just an absolute no-brainer. But yeah, no one else of the Knights is really going to be feasible. Not with that bench. With a strong um, asterisk of injury in brackets with Connor Watson, <laughs> if he stays fit. And, mate, I'm a little bit with you. That uh, I didn't have any forwards except for Watson anyway, but that four-forward bench spy, that's going to scare you off them. Any interest at the Knights for you? Well, I was maybe I won't pick Connor Watson now just to spite Desi and just win Supercoach oh, without okay. him. Bring it on. <laughs> nah, lock him in. Without him. It's definitely a joke for anyone listening. Start with him. The only risk there is injury, but you can't bank on that. Just lock him in and see what happens. The only other bit of interest, not from round one, but it's Bradman Best. He'll be a really good watch this year, mm. especially when Bong is back. So once we're picking our best four centres down the line, um, he could be there. He's got a good base. He should only get better this year. So we'll see how he goes. And yeah, the four forward bench, that's certainly concerning for guys um, who own only Barnett's and Clemmers and Co. So I'd probably almost steering clear as a result of that. Um, and Jaden Braley owners will be absolutely cheering because, yeah, he could well get 80. 
Yeah, and I, I meant to say this at the start of the show, but uh, with all these team lists, they could chop and change so much come game day with coaches, you know, doing their smoke screens and particularly the makeup of the benches. And if it, you know, if there's a four forward bench, if a utility back comes on on game day, it changes everything. So um, it goes without saying, but just keep a really, really close eye on them teams. Um, obviously, this week more than any other because we're locked into these teams for for the year until we start trading. Um, over at the Dogs, very. Not very super coach relevant, but there has been a couple of super coach relevant uh, things that I will touch on. Jake Avrilo named despite an injury concern. He'll start at 5'8 alongside recruit Kyle Flanagan. Josh Jackson starting at lock uh, as tipped previously. He's taken some interest for some people, myself not being one of them. Corey Waddell named on the edge over Ray, Raymond for Tyler Mariner. Uh, anyone who picked up for Tyler Mariner in super coach draft will be filthy. <coughs> uh, uh, the SC playbook crew. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, a big one again. That's one that I wouldn't shock me to see for Tyler Mariner start and play eighty minutes come game day. Um, Jack Hevington two ninety eight k potential cheapy option starting at prop, uh, and Sione Katoa starts with Jeremy Marshall King injured at the moment. Um, Bradley Deet will play at fourteen for the Dogs. Probably keep this one short and sharp, boys. Um, whilst any interest at the Dogs. No, not really. I can't see any of them making my side. I, I had a fleeting interest in Corey Waddell, but like you said, the job security is questionable. Um, he has had some decent scoring in the past, but generally manly back rowers score pretty well, um, you know, running on the edge because that's the way their game plan is. I'm not sure if that translates to the same um, as the Bulldogs. L- like A little bit of interest in jo- Josh Jackson, but I think you've got to wait and see what happens. And then the other one, that's relevant is um, Jake Avarillo, but I haven't seen enough of him to, you know, bank on him. A lot of people are high. Like I wouldn't say a lot of people, but I've seen some people that are, you know, he's definitely in my side and they're pretty high on him. But um, I just don't have that confidence because I haven't seen him play that much. Yeah, and you're right, mate. He, he is probably the bigger point of interest at the Dogs. 330K, dual centre wing 5'8". Um, the big thing I think probably is that he's available at centre wing uh, with there is plenty of scoring upside to him. Desi, any interest at the dogs for you and I suppose Avarillo? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I don't have him currently. I actually didn't know Corey Odell was uh, uh, picked here. So, I mean, he, he does spook a bit of interest for me because I, I, I see him as a bit of a Jake Trebojevic type of player. Um I definitely used him a, a fair bit in that season that I did win. So he 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 can crank out seventies. Um, he 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 does have a big uh, work rate. Um, but yeah, obviously job security is the main thing there. So you'd probably have to give it a, a side off and just bypass the entire Bulldogs team. Like you'll probably have to bypass the entire Manly team. <laughs> Tough going, boys. Uh, Spy, you are an Avrilo, not an owner, I don't think, but you're a big fan of him. I'm a huge fan of young Jakey. He's real talented. Um, he looked fantastic last year uh, when he played. I actually think he's not a bad selection in the centres of that price if you want to take him. There's obviously a few unknowns with combinations, new Bulldog side and all that. But, yeah, I don't think he'll let you down too badly, uh, providing he gets decent ball. 
Um, it's far from a must-have, but I don't don't mind him at all, boys. Um, Nick Kotrick's the other one. Not for round one, but at Canberra, he didn't see a whole lot of footy the way they play. They don't use their, their width as well as other sides. They often punch through the middle a bit off Hodgson and then Georgie Williams and Jack White and running. Whereas if they use some early ball to Kotrick this year, his runs will go up, which means his tackle bus will go up and attacking stats. So just one to, to monitor over the first month, I reckon, fellas. Yeah, I think if I if I was interested in Avarillo, he'd have to be goal kicking, which uh, with Kyle Flanagan there, he won't be. Um, Will Hopawade is one to monitor at 398k, who's just been a super coach stalwart for many years, up until last year when he hit the skids. Um, has averaged 58 to 60 points per game at centre in the past. So there's potential there. Uh, we'll just need to see the dogs get themselves in order in attack before even considering him there. Uh, and the other one that I won't be starting with, but Adam Elliott's moved to the edge this year. I expect his base to go down a little bit, but he averaged 58 minutes per game last year. If he becomes an 80-minute player, he's got a lot of attack in him. Uh, it does have a good, strong work ethic. So one to consider, but again, with Fatala Mariner on the bench, we need to see how the minutes play out there before considering that one. Uh, moving on to the Broncos and Eels, Friday night, 8.05 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, a few big team news to talk about at the Broncos. Brody Croft beats out Tommy Dearden for the halves role alongside Anthony Milford. I've no idea how, but it's happened, so let's move on. TPJ starts at prop alongside Matty Lodge. Jordan Ricky starting in the back row, massive for Supercoach. Another big factor, monitor this one come game day, but a four-forward bench. Very concerning. No Corey Oates there. No Corey Pax. Um, makes Jake Turpin a bit of a sneaky option at hooker there. Um, but with four forwards on the bench, you just have to question the minutes of TPJ, Matty Lodge, Jordan Ricky, Pat Carrigan. Um, I don't know where, where they're all going to go. Um, does a utility back creep onto the bench come game day? Surely. Um, Walsh, who do you like at the Broncos? Yeah, it's a strange... It's a strange side because I think, you know, people were probably getting a bit excited about, you know, Matthew Lodge um, playing minutes. I'm off him a bit. I've never really – he's never really stuck well with me. I feel like the game's gone past him a little bit um, when he had that injury and then the COVID changes and now there's more changes. Like he's a big body. Um, Yeah, he does have some agility, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm just a bit off him. I think Jordan Ricky is probably a lock just because of his price. Um, but like you said, the four forwards on the bench, you know, gives me a little bit of pause uh, because he's not, he hasn't really scored that highly in Supercoach, but he is cheap as at 277k. I know, I know he's like 40% owned, uh, but I think he's going to be one of my um, antipods, is, and that's um, Tessie New um, in the centres. I, I can't see why he's so highly owned. I mean, I understand that he's lowly priced, but even when he was a fullback, which is a better position for Supercoach scoring, he didn't score that well at fullback. So I could be proven wrong, but I think I'm going to antipod him, Timmy. Oh, you were the one to hype him up all last season, though. <laughs> yeah. was. I, I was. A, I, you're I a Tessie him. fan. I was a Tessie fan, and I liked him at fullback, Desi. But, um, I mean, based on what I saw, um, I just couldn't see him. He's an undersized centre. And mm. I just can't see him getting many super coach points. Even when he played fullback, he was playing as a, I don't know, what is he, 18 or 19-year-old kid. I, he, he looked to me like he needed some more development in his body and um, he's maybe one or two years off being an, uh, like a really, really good A-grade player. But, yeah, I've, 
uh, you're right. I, I was keen on him, but I've cooled on him this year. So would you would you start someone like a Fusatua or a Saab over Niu in your seventeen? I think I would. Yeah, I, I probably I'm not that keen on Saab, but I probably would start Fusatua. But um, there's a number of lower price players there that sort of interest me as well. So. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right one. It's a bit of a lottery. I mean, Bailey Simonson, uh, sorry, um, Simonson, yeah. yeah. Is that his first name? Yeah. Um, Bailey Simonson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like he's a player that I've liked in the past and I know that Canberra don't get much ball to their edges but he's the type of player that I'd 100% pick over Tessie New. Mm, food for thought there because I think there'd be, as I said, a big number of supercoaches already owned. Tessie New, myself being one of them, but – you make a good point, mate. Just because they're 230K and locked into a starting role, you know, obviously expected to play 80 minutes in the back line, doesn't mean they're going to score well. Uh, we've seen him play there in the past. I think last year, you know, he had his opportunities there last year, playing at a, probably a more super coach friendly position of fullback. Um, and while he was there, I think he, what do you have, four games? I think four of his six games last year was starting at fullback, average 40 points per game. Um, which obviously would be a decent enough price rise, but he now moved to centre. Yeah, yeah, very much food for thought. Desi, Bronx, um, has this four-forward bench impacted your round one team, namely, I suppose? I mean, Matt Lodge is the big one, but um, TPJ as well, if there's any interest there. Um, I was interested in TPJ for a bit, but I think with Brandon Smith coming in there, I, I can just flick him in and flick TPJ out. I, I really just don't see... Any problem running with Lodge and Ricky? I think they'll both still make money um, up until the period that Haas comes back. Then one of them can be shifted out for sure. Mm. I mean, I, I just don't see. I still think they'll get enough minutes to make money. It's as simple as that. There's there's not really that many better options for under 300k in front row and second row. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Um, Spy, what have you got for us? And uh, just the other one to touch on, Jermaine Asako, any interest, Spy? Um, not huge on Asako just yet. I'm a little bit off Broncos' backs as well. I'm I'm actually glad you said that whilst on Tessie. He's sort of one of those guys. He might be worth the purchase just because he's so low-priced and he's starting, so that's always a good thing. Stags out for 10-plus weeks, so as long as he plays semi-okay, he should be okay. But again, it's the Broncos. If they start poorly, they might have to make some changes. There's definitely concern on Tessie New, but uh, at this stage, I'll start him unless there's some better options. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good chat, mate. It's a really interesting yeah, one there. Yeah, Put it this way, um, Spy, like, I'm happy to pot him for two weeks and if he kills it, then you can bring him in and get the price rise if that makes Just sense. Just grab him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I don't have Fusha Tour in my side at the moment. I've just got to do a little, little reshuffle. So maybe he comes in at 20 grand more, which makes a whole lot of sense as a try-scoring winger with his with his role probably locked. Um, so we'll have a good look at that, boys. Lodge and Ricky, I've got them there at the moment. I did manage to get Lodge and Ricky both to my bench with how I set things up. So... You scare me a bit with Lodge. There's sort of that chat about we know he's a bigger body, uh, but I think you probably just, for lack of a better word, take that small risk on him early at 299k. If you needed to move him on, you'd do it. Uh, but, I mean, if he comes out averaging 50-plus, you're absolutely laughing. Spy, you're not starting Jordan Ricky in round one. Was that what I heard? <laughs> no, sorry, I am. Ricky's, Ricky's locked in. Um, sorry, I said that poorly. He, they're on my bench but playing at the moment, both Lodge and Ricky, with an option to play someone like a Moylan or or Co if need be. But, yeah, they're in there at the moment as forwards that should get, get me a bit of base. 
At the Eels, um, again, a very set sort of side there. Nothing too shocking. Tom Opacic beat out Hayes Dunster for that centre role, which is a bugger for our cheapy scene. Um, bench, three forwards, and Will Smith named as the utility. Um, otherwise, you know, pretty close to what they had to finish last season, whilst any just at the Parramatta Eels. Uh, my interest is around Matto, of course. Um, I've got Matto on my side. I think he's solid as. I'm very interested in Junior Paulo with the makeup of that bench with mm. on there. And even, you know, like a player like Kafusi is a low-minute player so far in his career. Keegan Hipgrave is a real impact player. They've clearly bought him as an impact player. Isaiah Papali can play more minutes, but to look at that 17 that they've named, yeah. it definitely lends itself towards um, big minutes for Nathan Brown and Junior Paulo, who I'm both interested in. Um, and even even if you look at the extended bench, I don't think that, like, I don't know who David Hollis is. I'm guessing he's a he's a um, forward. But You've got to be. Hayes Dunster, Joey Lussick, Jordan Pink, and they're all utilities or backs. So um, they look at maybe a little bit skinny in the forwards this year, which could be good for um, Nathan Brown and Junior Paulo, um, who are both capable of going big on their day. Um, I don't think I'll take the, the pun on Mitchell Moses, but or, but I couldn't I couldn't knock it for someone who did because I think they could put a, a score on the Bronx. Um, so and and for the same reason, you know, if someone wanted to take a flyer on Gutho and Sevo, um, I think that'd be fair. The only player that really interests me, apart from um, you know Maddo and Paulo, is probably Tom Opacic a little bit. I'm going to have a close look at him. Um, I've always felt like he's been a really good NRL player and playing on that left edge, which I think they'll be a left dominant side. Um, I think he could be a bit of a smoky. Mm, yeah, mate, I'll um, disagree with you there on Opacic because. I don't mind if he's an NRL player, but I just see him as a you know he'll be he'll be strong defensively. Um, he'll benefit from being in a good attacking side. Um, but again, I, I'm much more leaning towards players on Dylan Brown's edge. Um, you know, I mean, not that I'm going to pick Wang or Blake, but I like that uh, Blake Fergo's on Brown's edge now. Um, uh, and mate, but interesting point on Joseph Paulo because you've got Papali'i who who will probably looking at the side spend his time in the middle, but you know he's probably in the past of the Warriors been more of an edge player. Keegan Hipgrave is an edge player. Oregon Kafusi will obviously be the big man off the bench. Um, one to come back into that team is um, near Corey, eh? and he he's again a guy who plays anywhere from edge or the middle. Um, so, yeah, it lent itself to, to Brad Arthur's comments last week about him saying he wants bigger minutes from Paulo this year. So um, there doesn't look like there's any smoke screens there. It looks as though, based on what we can see at the team makeup, that Paulo's in for big minutes. Um, so really, really interesting. Desi, thoughts at Para? Yeah, I reckon uh, Maddo's looking good for a VC straight off the bat here in round one. Um, Dylan Brown's my other only sort of player of interest. I held him all last year, but I think I'm just going to Go the Munster Watson combo. Um, as for Paulo, I'll give him a bit of a side off for the first couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm definitely keen on him, him and Fanua Blake to sort of end the season in the front row. Mm. Spite. Uh, hate to say it, but I completely agree with Desi. Early watch on both <laughs> those two boys, um, Junior Paulo, and we'll get to AFB later. But yeah, Madison's my big decision here, whether I start him at sort of pretty well peak price or maybe a bit below if he goes really well uh, or if I go elsewhere. But I mean, he's a gun. He plays 80. Uh, the only risk on Madison is head knocks. If he does cop another one, there's every chance he misses multiple weeks. But I mean, again, you sort of can't bank on all that happening. If it happens, you deal with it at the time. 
Yep. Moving on to the Warriors and Titans, Central Coast Stadium, 3 p.m. Saturday. Uh, some big team news at the Warriors with Bailey Searnan starting on the edge. Massive, massive um, for Supercoach um, for a number of reasons, but another one that Ben murdoch Masilla, who was pretty popular to start the year, uh, will be off the bench. Wade Egan has been named for round one despite that injury concern. Basically puts a line through Jazz Tavanga, who's been named at 14. Eliezer Katoa named on an edge. Leeson Armiao has been named on the bench, which pretty well puts a line through him as a potential cheapie. No Tom Curran named in there at all. It's a four-forward bench as well, which is uh, very, very interesting. And um, Walsh, who you're a diehard Warriors fan, mate, keen to get your thoughts. But if they do stick with that four-forward bench for round one, including Tavanga, who plays in the middle, I mean, I'm looking at that bench of Tavanga, Murdoch Masilla, Armiao <clears> and Afoa, and you've got four middle players with Murdoch Masilla, who can obviously play on an edge. Um, mate, for Fanua Blake, um, Tohu Harris, Eliasa Katoa, the minutes have got to give somewhere. Yeah, it gives you pause um, to take one of those guys. I was really keen on AB. Uh, I thought he's tri- he trialed outstandingly, and I think he'll step up and be a leader for the Warriors. But, yeah, definitely when you're looking at it from a pure super coach point of view, it does make you question that. I think Wade Egan... On the other hand, on the flip side of that, he makes it attractive for those forwards because I think they could score some tries off him. Um, mm. And I think they're really going to be forward dominant. Like the way they rolled through the Titans as stages um, in that trial was actually really, really exciting. But, yeah, like you said, it's going to be – there's not that many minutes to go around and you've got big-minute players like Tohu, Harris, Jazz, Tabunga, um, and I think they're going to be lo- looking to get bang for buck out of AFB. Um, so, and, you know, Elias Katoa is a 70 to 80 minute player in my book as well. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll probably steer away from the forwards at the Warriors at this stage. Um, the players that I am looking at, um, as well as AFB is probably Fusatua just cause he's so cheap. He's uh, massively underpriced. Um, you and Aiken interest me somewhat, but I'll probably wait, uh, in both of the halves saying for the listeners, the, the the people who've been coming back and listening to SC Playbook, I, I really do like Cody Nicarima to have a career year. I, I can't bring myself at the moment to actually put him into my super coach side, but I think he's going to be value. And um, Chanel Harris-DeVita is a great pod. I think he's under 6% at the moment. Well, I mean, the big talk of the next couple of days in super coach circles is going to be Bailey Searin and averaged 52 minutes a game last year. Uh, do you see him improving that on that significantly enough to be a super coach option, or does it just scream trap? Oh, just that bench, Timmy. Yeah, you know, like I mean, if, yeah, I, I love I love Bailey Siren. I thought he was a great signing for the club, and um, I think he's going to be great on that left edge. And I think it's clear. The good thing it does is like it probably says Eliasa Katoa plays right edge where he's really suited outside Cody Nicarima, but. It makes me think, or, you know, like possibly he might not get 80 minutes, Bailey Sirenan. Maybe Katoa doesn't get 80 minutes. Maybe he splits minutes with um, Ben Murdoch Masilla and they just run big fellas at mm. you know, Jamal Fogarty and um, Ash Taylor. That's what I'd be doing anyway. So it makes a lot of sense, but um, that's NRL wise, but we're talking super coach wise. And yeah, in terms of scoring, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have those blokes in your side at this stage, I think. Yeah. Desi, any interest at the Warriors? Um, not so much, but I, I did uh, slide in 
Fusatua into my team. I'm not going to be playing him into my 17, but Walsh has talked me around to Fusatua, but definitely not CHT or Nikarima yet. Yeah. Um, Spy? Not a lot to add, boys, from what's already been said, apart from uh, I agree on Harris Tavita at halfback. Goal kicking, he could be really, really good. So he's just on the on the watch list for me. I don't think I'll start with him, but one to see. And... To be honest, the whole forward pack is just a watch for me now. It probably always was, but even more so now, just to see how minutes and rotations roll out. Um, I probably wouldn't be super keen on owning any of them at this stage. Hmm. Boys, we'll, I know, we'll get through to the Gold Coast Titans first, who are very super coach relevant. Um, not an overly shocking team that they've named for round one, pretty well as expected, except for the bench makeup, which surprised me. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see it change come day, game day. But um, they have a bench of Aaron Clark, who was a very surprised selection, who is a halfback hooker. Tyrone Peachy, who's obviously very versatile, but will probably spend some time in the middle. Sam Lasone and Jermaine Jolliffe are also on the bench, who are big men up front. Um, big for Tino for me, I think, because that pretty well locks Tino into some pretty decent minutes. You've got Fodo Aker, who'll probably play 55 up front. Jared Wallace will probably play 45. Uh, the way that bench stands, I see Fasua Malawi playing that 65-minute role that we were all hoping for, uh, and it's very reassuring for me. Um, I'll flip the order around a little bit. Um, Spy, uh, who do you like at the Titans? Gee, I'm pumped for this one, boys. Warriors, Titans, Sadiavo is going to be great. Um, there's a few, that's for sure. As you said, Big Tino is yeah, it's a win from that bench. I've sort of had a few iterations of my team in preseason where I've dropped Tino, um, and he keeps finding his way back in. And the reason for that is, even if he does base around sort of you know 55 or something, and he he goes okay, he just scares me at what he could produce. He's the kind of bloke in the fours that you don't want to not own when he scores 120. So that's what scares me early. So he'll be in my side for sure. He's got dual flexibility, front row, back row, and he's the perfect guy to downgrade or upgrade after a few weeks if he's not quite looking as good as he was at the Storm. So I think it's a safe play there with with upside. I've spoken about David Fafita on Twitter a fair bit and on the podcasts. I just, out of everyone in the game, along with probably Katoni Staggs, these two boys have been my, my go-to youngsters for a few years now since they debuted. Fafita's athleticism, he's, he's fending, his ability to bust tackles, his speed, it's mind-blowing. I'd, I'll, I'll ask, um, we'll have to find out off some of the NRL boys who, who've had to tackle him so far, but it's got to be near on impossible, especially if he's stepping off that right foot. Um, he loves an offload. I think he could offload more this year with less men on him. So for me, David Fafita is locked into my side. Hope he can start with an absolute bang. Uh, but I love him. I just, I'm so excited to watch him in the NRL this year and, and for my super coach side. And again, he's not going to let you down too badly, barring injuries. So if he's a little bit underwhelming, you can make a change in that first month. You're not going to nail your whole 17 to start with. But again, with that upside, he could score two or three tries any day of the week and go 150. So I love that. I also love Brian Kelly. We know I love Brian Kelly. I, I can't fit him in at the moment, which sucks. But I might still find a way. I just think his base and... His average is only mid-50s from last year, and he had a three-minute game. He came off the bench round one, coming back from injury, or I can't remember exactly why, but he also played limited minutes round two. When he started in the centres, I think his average was like mid-60s or higher, uh, maybe a little bit higher even. So he's a huge buy. If I can't fit him in, I'll be looking to get him pretty quickly. 
Uh, Brimson, I'll let you guys speak about, and I'll let you talk about Fogarty as well, but I, I really like Fogarty as well, boys. Spy, I can hear you chubbing up through the microphone. Oh, Feed it, feed it there. Right, it's it was already up as soon as his name came from the, on the team list. It's oh, <laughs> did you have any more PG thirteen related takes of the Gold Coast Titans? <laughs> oh man, you know that I had uh, my eye set on Brimson and Kelly as late season pods. They were they were extremely cheap at the end of last year, and they they really finished with a bang. Um, but I just think they're too expensive to start with this season. If we can see them drop a couple of hundred K over the first couple of rounds, if the, the Titans don't perform as well as some people as as some people as they are expected to, I mean they're expected to make the eight. I'm not convinced on that. I think it's going to come down to guys like Fafida and Tino. But for me, I've just got Tino there now, just based on minutes alone. No one else really interests me at the price. I think Titans will be good, but I think Tino will just steal most of the super coach points. Yeah, I'm with you there, Desi. I the only one I've got at the moment is Big Tino, and I, I tend to agree with most things you said regarding them boys. The only other one I'm eyeing off a little bit is Dave Fafida, but I don't think I'll be able to squeeze him in because I've got Cam Murray in my back row. Um, whilst any Titans players on your radar. And Jamal Fogarty, mate, give us your, your thoughts on him as a backup half because he's pretty popular as a reserve halfback option. Yeah, I understand why people are gravitating towards him, but yeah, I don't see it honestly. I, I can't, I can't see it. Um, he may go okay, and they have got a good draw first up, and he might, you know, lift in price a little bit and maybe earn you a bit of money, but I don't think he's going to be like the marquee half that you're searching for. I think someone like a Chanel Harris-DeVita is a lot better chance of being that. But, um, again, I could be a bit biased there. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think um, the big one for me is Tino. I think he was probably, we're going to talk about it later, he was probably one that I was really considering about anti-potting. Um, he's the most owned player in the game, I think, 52%. Um and I'm just not convinced that he's going to get the attacking stats that he got at the Storm last year. Um, and most of his high scores, uh, I think every score that he got over 60, he scored a try in the game. So I know he scored a try in the trial versus um, the Warriors, but um, that was pretty weak. Uh, Josh Curran got caught offside and um, he just basically ran through a hole and then finished it off. Oh, I'm not saying he won't score any tries, but you know, you'd have to think he's in a he's in a lesser team and uh, whether he pumps out seven tries or not, I don't know. And then, you know, maybe he gets an extra 10 or 15 minutes. But he doesn't come across as a workhorse to me. So I'm just considering there. But I might just take him as a safe play to keep him in there. I'm pretty keen on Fafita. I think Fafita's a good buy for anyone that, that um, purchases him. He's always great to watch too. Yeah. Um, Spy, you seemed pretty keen on Tino. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I just wanted to add to Walsh, um and and the boys and the listeners that he didn't actually offload last year. I don't have him in front of me at the moment, but I think he might have only had two offloads in the whole season. And I know for a fact he popped an offload in that trial when I was watching. So okay. if that's something he can add to his game, plus some possible increased minutes, that might offset those lack of like running really good lines off of Cameron Smith and scoring more tries. 
Um, but it's one to watch. If you could add a couple of offloads a game, that would be huge for Tano. But I can certainly understand your sentiments whilst on why you would antipod him. It makes sense. Um, my, my worry for, would be for you, mate, is if he does crash over in those first couple of weeks, he could easily score 100 plus, which the whole comp will have and you don't. So yeah, it's, yep. it's a risky one. But I mean, you know, that, that that's how you win titles, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I don't know, mate. I've never won one. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was unintentional sledge. <laughs> no, it's funny you say that, but I just had a quick uh, look at the the stats here for uh, Tino last season. Yeah, he he did only offload eight times. Um, and that's that's fifty seven minutes and average average game time. So if if we see that bump up to sixty five, mm. even if he's not offloading, he's still going to be scoring heaps. I just at 500k dual position, I think you'll kill it. I like him too. To make him even more enticing for you, it's 46 minutes a game last year. So, you know, if he gets his 65, even 60, he's jumping up 15 to 20 minutes. Um, So, pretty, pretty serious upside there for him. Um, Guys, we have linked with Top Sport this season. Uh, We'll be previewing plenty of their NRL markets throughout the season. If you did want to check them out, go to topsport.com.au. And if you were interested in in looking at them a little bit further and signing up, um, use the code SCPLAYBOOK, all in caps, no space. Uh, And if you are, make sure it's 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Guys, let's move on to another big one in terms of Supercoach, or at least half the game is, the Roosters and the Seagulls. Uh, Sydney Cricket Ground, 5.30pm Saturday night. Uh, at the Roosters, again, a lineup we pretty well saw coming, um, but Adam Kieran's been named at 14, which means it's a three-forward bench. Uh, it's a young Daniel Fafida, another Fafida in the NRL, Jabria Hargraves and Nat Butcher on the bench. Um, the one that sort of caught my eye as a result of the bench makeup is Satili Tupanua, who I wasn't big on, but if he plays 80 minutes, the upside is obviously there. Um, just the fact that you've got Fafida, who's a middle, Maria Hargreaves, who's a middle, and Butcher, who can play an edge or a middle. Um, Isaac Liu's named at 13 for the Roosters, who won't sort of probably play big minutes. Um, it looks like Tupanu is going to play 80 uh, in my eyes, which at four, just over 400K, gee, he's a tempting pod to start the year. Um, Spy, I'll start with you, mate. Who are the Roosters has taken your eye? Yeah, we all know about. We already know about Teddy. We don't need to discuss him. The only question on Teddy this week is: Do you captain him or not? Manly's a little bit under strength. We'll get to them in a minute, so he could be a huge option. But for me, Angus Crichton's my boy to start the season. He's locked in skipper. Uh, should be playing eighty minutes on that left edge, and uh, he could be anything. That that's an understatement. He could be huge. So I'll be very happy to skipper him early. Um, the one I don't have in my side yet is Takiaho. With goal kicking, it'd be a risky leave-out for me if I end up doing it. Um, obviously, you can't have all the guns, and I've got Fafita already, so maybe if I end up dropping Madison back to the cheese, I could get in Takiaho, but a decision to make there, I think he's a great selection regardless if he's in your side already. Um, and Lockie Lamb, boys, um, he's got a pretty good base on what we saw last year. He did play a fair bit of hooker, so it might be a little bit misleading, but he loves the tackle. He'd probably run a bit in a good side at that price. He's probably a pretty good backup 5-8 uh, or hooker. I've got him as backup hooker at the moment behind Connor Watson. 
Mm, yeah, there's um like Lockie Lamb is such an interesting one. He's a guy that actually dropped out of the latest draft of my side, uh, and then we saw today we're going to get to them more later. But big information on Jacob Little uh, and Josh Hodgson as well. So that hooking spot is becoming harder and harder. Um, Desi, your thoughts at the Roosters um, and specifically Takiyaho. He's a guy I'm trying to get into my side, but I don't think I can make it happen, um, mate. Who do you like there? Yeah, I mean, I've had TKO from the beginning because uh, you, you boys knew that I was going to start my hookers with the absolute premium, so Cook and Grant, but I've just completely backflipped on that and I've just started to stack up the front row here. So I've got TKO, um, Tino, Lodge, Crichton, Maddo, Cheese. I'm just I'm trying to stack them all in. Um, but yeah... <laughs> I think I think Crichton and TKO will be the top scoring second row forward and front row forward respectively across the entire season. Jeez, mm, yeah, there's so many options at the Roosters. Um, particularly, they have a really friendly opening to start the season. Whilst you have any Roosters at the moment, uh, I've got Teddy. Obviously, um, I've got TKO. Um, I just can't see how he doesn't go well on that side. You know, goal kicking is going to have the propensity to stay on the field. Longer, I think, because they probably won't want um, Teddy kicking too much. So I think he'll play, you know, 60 minutes, 55 to 65 minutes. And Lachlan Lamb, I think, is a lock. I think you have to have him. And really the only question is whether you play him or not. Um, And Angus Crichton is an absolute lock. I'm with Spy. Um, I I can't see how you could start the season without Crichton and, and expect to win Supercoach. What do you reckon, Spite? I was just going to – that's an interesting comment, Walsh, about not wanting to tell you to kick too much, but do you really think someone like Trent Robertson, genuine question this, would give Takiyaho extra minutes just because he's goal-kicking, especially early in the season, or does he surely have an eye on a bigger view like finals, um, or do you genuinely yeah. think he'll play longer? Oh, no, probably not. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably something I didn't think through, but um, it's interesting to see number 14's Adam Kieran, like mm. very good goal kicker. So yeah, true. Maybe there's a plan that um, when TKO goes off, that he'll come on and be the second goal kicker. But because um, I've never seen Teddy kick, I thought I saw him kick one, one kick, and it was really ordinary. So it can make a difference, you know, in big games. And definitely, if there's gonna, if there's going to be an upset in round one, oh, I think this is the game it'll be in. Ooh, that's big for that. Uh, um, moving on to Desi's Manly Seagulls. Um, a few big inclusions there. Dylan Walker starting at fullback, who peaks a little bit inter- of interest there, uh, replacing Tommy Turbo at just, I think he's about 303K. Jason Saab beats out Christian Tupolotu, who has missed the squad entirely. So Saab starts on the wing. No Morgan Harper with Brad Parker starting at centre. Uh, Josh Alawai coming over from the Tigers will start, as will Jack Azuski. Um, Lockie Croker uh, had injury concerns, as he always does, the poor bugger, um, has been named to start at hooker and he's the only hooker in the side, um, which intrigues me. Andrew Davey, unfortunately for Supercoaches, has missed the starting side for now. Uh, he's been named on the bench. Taniela Paseca, I did my manly analysis a couple of days ago. Gee, Paseca got me excited as a starter, but put a line through that. Thank God, so I'm not tempted. Tavita Funa, who's an outside back, has been named at 14. Very interesting. No Josh Schuster. 
Cade Cast, we believe he's missed out because of injury. Um, so his return, whenever that may be, will have a big impact on the side as well. Um, Desi, you're manly, boys, mate. What do you make of all this? Yeah, it's not looking good, Timmy. It really isn't. <laughs> I think we can see maybe eight losses in a row to start the season with a team like this. Unless oh, unless Boz and Cherry really sort of direct the team around and Marty Tapao steps up. I mean, he, he's been not great the last two or three years, but I don't know. I think we might see Tapao come back and really just start throwing offloads around. I'm not... I'm not audacious enough to start with him, but I think Cherry Evans would be the one pod that you would have to look at um, if he gets goal kicking. Do we know if he's got the kicking off Garrick, or is it still up in the air? Uh, I, 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 I believe Garrick will kick, okay. but that's that's not confirmed. I just, I, yeah, I think so. Okay, so well, yeah, you can pretty much rule out pretty much everyone. I've got Saab just because I think he'll make money, but no one else is really gonna go well. Maybe Tapao. If he's uh, fully fit, but Manly's yeah, they're in the dumps. Yeah, mate, it's, it's pretty grim reading. Um, hopefully for Manly's sake, um, Foz can stay fit at very least until Tommy Turbo comes back. Because if they lose Foz, and then there's no Tommy Turbo, um, it's pretty grim looking. Spy anyone at Manly that interests you? Yeah, I'm similar to Desi. Not a whole lot, boys. Um, Interestingly, Andrew, da- Andrew Davey named on the bench. I know a lot of people were keen on him. My biggest question around that lineup is who does Andrew Davey replace? You'd think it's probably going to be Jack Gajewski. Um, but if Gajewski was somehow to get 60, 70, 80 minutes on that edge, he's bloody cheap. Uh, I won't get him for round one, but just keep an eye out this weekend and see what happens there. Uh, outside of that, yeah, Saab's a good cheapie. Cherry Evans, I'm not going near. Um, and that's probably about it, really. Hopefully, Schuster comes in at some stage. Uh, five, I'm one, Jakey Trebojevic, boys. I don't mind Jakey. I just think there's probably better, higher upside options, mate. Um, in what's he I priced? Th- actually, I haven't, I haven't looked too, too deeply. Yeah, into I think him. he's based on about a 65 average. So I think he'll probably be thereabouts. I just probably want guys that might have a bit more upside than him. Um, Schuster, if he comes in down the line, because, I mean, you hate to say it, but Foran's almost a lock to get injured, the poor bugger, at some stage. So Schuster will come in. Um, he's cheap and looks a pretty handy player, so keep an eye out for him as well. Yeah, there's definitely Supercoach potential at Manly. Uh, they just There's just so much uncertainty around the lineup and injuries and everything. Uh, it's just it's a watch for me as well. Wallace, what about you? Um. You know what I said about five minutes ago? Can I just take that back? Because yeah. <laughs> there's no chance of winning this game. I've had a- <laughs> I really didn't look at Manly's team that closely until the last five minutes when you guys have been talking. And, geez, oh, they are skinny. Like Desi said, they've been picked apart. So it's not the side that I was thinking would be lining up and, you know, probably haven't paid much attention to Manly because they're not that super coach relevant and, um, mm. Really follow. Yeah, so uh, Teddy could be he could be breaking that super coach record week one. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could be. But yeah, I guess um, you know I had a quick look at Kasuski, um when he beat Davy out for that spot. But really, I was keen on Andrew Davy. But with him at um, on the bench, and then you know Desi Hasler playing Ducks and Drakes with his bench. I mean I, that 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 bench is. Oh, Hundred to one to hold up. Like, how do they, <laughs> how do they play Lachlan Croker for a whole game? Like, I know fifty nil boys. Oh, 
Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting, but um, I don't really have any interest in Jason Saab, which has been a bloke that's been tossed up a fair bit. The only bloke that really interests me is number 18, Josh Schuster, and that's only if he's playing run on 5-8. But uh, we might have to bite our time with that, with him, boys. Why are you not keen on Saab? He's a big big boy, can get some... Uh, Probably just haven't good, seen him, good, does good he? Takes I just, yeah, I just haven't seen him, and I just don't, like, I mean... Side unseen, I think there's better players that I'd rather go with, like a Simmonson or someone like that. So um, I think he's priced sort of mid 200s, is he, or something like that? Two, three, three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, he's reasonably priced. I mean, you're not going to, you're probably not going to go wrong, but he doesn't look like a, um, a high hit up sort of winger to me. Like he's, he looks like that you'll. I disagree. I reckon he'll be good. Do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I reckon he's a big, strong lad. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is that I see both sides of the argument big time. I rate Saab. Uh, I think he's, I can see his base being pretty poor. Uh, just the big factor for me, and I'll probably start with him. He won't be anywhere near my 17, um, but he's just no Tommy Chaboyevich. Without Tommy feeding him those balls and the try scoring opportunities, it just takes so much away from him. Uh, if Tommy was there, I'd back him big time, but man, I, I, just, I think his try scoring is pretty limited without the big fella there. Um, boys, let's move on to the Panthers versus the Cowboys. Panthers Stadium in Penrith, 7.35 p.m. Saturday night uh, at the Panthers. Paul Momorowski named at centre. Um, just keep a bit of an eye there. Uh, he peaks a little bit of interest, but Brent Naden is out for the first three or four weeks. Uh, I think he banned himself. Um, There's a bit of a resp- – I don't know, something rather. But Brent Naden's due back around four. Does he take that spot? Who knows? Moses Leota starts in the vacant prop role for James Tamu. Massive super coach news, which has changed my side, and I reckon it's changed also all of your sides as well. Uh, Kurt Capel has been named to start on the edge for the Panthers with Martin named on the bench. It's a three forward bench, along with Tyrone May, who can obviously play that roving lock role, but in this side, you don't see really see why he'd need to. Um, Spencer Lenu, who's another cheapy option, has been named on the bench. Spy, mate, fair bit going on there. Who do you like at the Panthers? Mate, you thought I was excited about David Fafita. Wait till you hear this with Penrith's opening few weeks. Uh, this is who's currently locked into my side. Charlie Staines, I think, is a must on the right edge. It'd be very bold to antipod him. Brian Toto, I've got on the left wing there. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with him and hope he, he starts off with a blinder. Nathan Cleary, just lock him in. Um, you could again you could antipod him at that price, but with their opening opening fixture, I think it's it's probably silly to do that. Kurt Capewell's in my centres. I downgraded Brian Kelly to Kurt, which hurt me to do a little bit. But at 70k cheaper, 80 minutes, looking like on the back row there in a good side, uh, he could could end up being the buy of the year, couldn't he? If he keeps that role, he'll just be dead. Well, I'll jump in on you quickly. Yep. Um, I forgot to mention Liam Martin, I think, spent time in the middle in the trial <laughs> game against the Eels, which, yeah, suggests that Capewell, hopefully, 80 minutes. Yeah, and there were some quotes coming out of Penrith camp. Uh, Might have been direct from Nathan Cleary that he, he was looking to spend some time in the middle. And then you've got Kikia, who probably won't play 80 minutes anyway, so he could spell him for a bit. So it looks good for Capewell. Capewell boys. And outside of those two, I've even got my big one is Jerome Luai. Um, I've sort of wanted him all preseason with those opening two fixtures against, uh, I can't remember who the second game is, but it's Cowboys and someone not highly and the dogs early. He could be anything. It's just taking a bit of punt that he's going to outscore Munster and Cody over those opening two, three weeks with an eye to get Cody Walker from round four once the money's draw opens up. 
But I really like that play. My only concern would be I've got so many Panthers players. But, I mean, when you have a look at it, Cleary will goal kick and do his work. That's not a concern. Capewell's a worker who's in my centres, who I won't be relying on for tries but could still score. Staines is a cheapie. Toto's a bit of a lock. And Luar's going to get plenty of ball as well. So I could drop one of them out of my side. Maybe I go a Toto down to Brian Kelly just to even things out a little bit because I love them both. But... Gee, there's some potential. And even Paul Monroski, as you said, I think he'll score really well. But um, I could just pick the whole back on week one, see how we go. But as you said, with Naden possibly due back, you don't know if he's going to be a lock in your side. So don't don't take Monroski based on that. Yeah. So um, I think we can take it that the spy is a fan of Penrith this year. <laughs> I don't mind him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Desi, the big fellas covered them pretty comprehensively. Anything to add at Penrith? Well, I'm bringing him Appy. There you go. Yeah, I think he'll like start it. on fire. Um, I, I had Cook and Grant, but you know, just to change my forward pack around and get get the cheese and Tino and stuff in, I, I thought Coruscant he'll perform just as well as Cook, if not better, with the new I, rule changes. I like it, he'll Desi. Be, I reckon you're on the money there. He'll be speeding out and about. And uh, yeah, I've, I've obviously got the staples of Cleary and Charlie Staines there as well. Mm. Yeah, nice, man. I don't think you could argue too much about any of these guys. Um, Walsh, uh, who, can do you have anything to add to that as well? And I suppose, are you bringing in Kurt Capel now? Oh, I think Kurt Capel is a lock um, because he's probably going to play 70 to 80 minutes, so you've got to have him. I think Charlie Staines the same, particularly playing that left side. <laughs> um, he's on the right side against the left side Cowboys defence, and they've um, we'll get to it, but they've they've obviously named Hamaso. Tabio Fado and um, oh, oh, that that's going to be very very ugly for Cowboys fans. Um, Nathan Cleary definitely, and um, yeah, I'm considering Paul Momorowski. Um, I, I can't argue with the spy all, all the boys that he's got. I, I actually he's sort of turning me to Jerome Luai a bit, but what worries me is that I think the Cowboys are going to be that diabolical on the right hand side that. Uh, sorry, on their left-hand side defence, that, that Penrith are just going to keep going right. Um, I reckon mm. a, a bloodbath, you know. So the left side might not see many much ball, but uh, who knows? I mean, you know, but I couldn't knock anyone who's stacking their side with Panthers with that opening draw. Yeah, and uh, we forgot to touch on as well, for anyone who's not aware, Kurt Cable's available at centre wing. Um, which is why he's so appealing. And he's about 435K from memory, available as a dual second row uh, centre wing. Uh, he's just got Isaiah Yo of 2020 written all over him if he does get that 80-minute roll. Even if he gets a 60-minute roll, you know, maybe he's not the keeper you'll hope for, but he still looks like a rock-solid um, purchase there. Um, big, big option in a very good attacking side. Over at the Cowboys, very little super coach relevant. Oh, there's a few things we can talk about. Um but Scott Drinkwater being named at fullback means Valentine Holmes starts on the wing. It also means Jake Clifford is in the side and will goal kick. So put a line through Val Holmes, um, which I'm very glad that's happened, actually, because I was really tempted and wanted him in my side, but now I don't have to worry about it. Uh, Reese Robson is a no-go due to the fact that the Cowboys have two hookers on the bench, Jake Granville and Reuben Cotter. Cotter, who will definitely spend time at lock or in the middle of the, the field there, um, Granville, I don't know why they need Granville there. Um, and they've got Cotter. If he survives to a game day, we'll see. Um, Spy, anything to add at the Cowboys? I, I suppose maybe Michael Morgan. I don't know. <clears throat> Morgan's a watch mate. Um, he's 
if you wanted to plug him into a backup half roll at that price, he might be an option. He's a good footballer, but he's had his injury concerns in recent seasons, so you can probably find better. Scotty Drinkwater, I just want to talk about every time we get a chance. I'm certainly not picking him, but he's fun to watch. Entertaining. He's a great attacking player and he can't really defend, so it's it screams points all around there. Uh, but in terms of the Cowboys, there's not a whole lot to look at just yet. If Reese Robson ever got 80 minutes, he'd be a star. So keep an eye out there, but it doesn't look like that's happening early. Um, and I'm probably, oh, I'm definitely anti-potting Tamalow at this stage um, based on what, what Peyton's saying about his minutes. But, I mean, I'm sure he'll still be really good, but I, I'd prefer other options at this stage. Yeah. Um, I mean, and t- touching on that Tamalolo point, on the bench, Josh McGuire, middle forward, Corey Jensen, I think he spends primarily his time in the middle. Ruben Cotter will spend time at lock, as mentioned. Um, Jake Granville helps a little bit, but again, I mean, as Todd Payton said earlier, he'll be looking to to get quality over quantity from Jason Tamalolo. So it looks as though, based on that bench, that he'll be playing that sort of 55, maybe 60-minute mark. Um, Desi, anything to add at the Cows? I don't know. It's just one of those ones now where everyone's sort of talking about antipodding Tamalolo. It's almost making me want to bring him in. I get the feel, mate. Uh, <laughs> it's everyone's been uh, yeah talking him down, but we know he's he's literally the goat behind like Corey Parker. But <laughs> if he even on lower minutes, we know he can just slap out like nineties. He can go ballistic, so it's still yeah. dangerous, but. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to antipod uh, Kirk, Kurt Capewell. You boys are all going to have him. Actually, yeah, I think he's going to be my antipod as well. Why's that, Lola. mate? Oh, I just I don't see him playing 80 minutes. I think he'll get maybe 60. He'll probably make some money in, in the center wing. But I think there's just money I'd rather spend elsewhere. Like I'm up in my uh, front row with Tino and Block of Cheese. I think they're just more sound points. Yeah, I understand it, matey. I um, mean, he, he's certainly not locked into 80. Um, let's make that clear. It looks like he'll hopefully play it. But again, with Liam Martin there um, on the bench, that's a bit of a worry. He was an 80-minute edge player pretty well for a lot of the year for Penrith last year. Um, Whilst Cows, anything to add? Oh, no, I just think, you know, they're a great matchup if you're playing against them with that side. So just question marks all through the team defensively, in my opinion. So particularly the two centres, Isan Masters and um, HDF, I, you know, I think both of them have had their defensive issues. So if you're playing them, you've got really good matchups there. Um, yeah, I'm a bit with Desi. I think Lolo, oh, what I was reading about Peyton saying he's going to play him a bit on the edge, but then he's going to reduce his minutes. Maybe he reduces his minutes in the middle and, you know, he picks him up on the edge and maybe plays 65, 70 minutes still. I don't know, but um, neither of those back rowers, you know, look like 80-minute players to me. Mitch Dunn and Cohen Hess, like they could easily be rested. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's a bit hard to get a read on the Cowboys at the moment. Mm, yeah, all a big watch there. Uh, moving on to the Sunday action, uh, it is the 2022, sorry, 2021 NRL Premiers, the Canberra Raiders taking on the West Tigers at 4.05 at JAO Stadium in Canberra. At the Raiders, Seb Chris replaces the injured Jared Croker, who's due back pretty soon. He was almost right to go for round one. Bailey Simonson starts on the wing as expected. No Tommy Starling uh, on the bench for the Raiders, which is huge for Josh Hodgson and his minutes. Hodjo's a guy that I was really keen on uh, for round one. Then I thought that Starlow would be the 14, um, which, you know, obviously takes away the interest from Hodjo. 
Saliva Havili is on the bench, so obviously he's capable of playing hooker and taking time from Hodjo. Um, but I'm, I'm a lot more keen on Hodjo with Havili there rather than Starling because Hodjo, I think, will probably play 65 to 80 minutes pending fitness on return from injury. Uh, and then there's three middles on the bench in Ryan Sutton, Cia Soliola, and Ryan James, who obviously has played a lot on the edge in his career, but um, played in the middle in the trials on the weekend. And coming back from that, uh, his big injuries, you'd think he probably comes back as a middle. Um, this is probably good for Hudson Young, who I now expect to play 80 on an edge. Not as good for Joseph Tappany, who is now... Well, sorry, there's four middles on the bench because there's Saliva Havili as well who will come on and play that lock role. Um, I wasn't big on Tappany anyway, but now I think minutes are a real question mark there. I don't think Tappany will move to an edge at all to deputise for Young. Um, Big question marks there and also for Josh Papali, any owners of him there. Um, Spy, what have you got? I agree on Tarpany, mate. His upside is outstanding, but with with the depth of the Raiders pack, it's sort of hard to go near him at this stage of the season uh, until you sort of know how his minutes pan out. Just quickly, you didn't get much of a laugh from your 2021 Premier's gag, which means everyone probably believes they're a real shot, the Mighty Raiders. Um, I'll tell you what, their depth is outstanding. Their starting side is good. Their halves have had a year together. Hodgson's back. They're, if they can say Sammy healthy... They are every chance. It's an exciting year for the Raiders. I'll, I'll give you that much. Less so from a super coach point of view. Probably Hodgson's the only one that really sparks interest. Um, with him looking like playing pretty big minutes, gee, he could be a good selection in there, couldn't he? New rules will probably suit him. They've got, I think, a few decent games earlier. So I'll have to have a good look at whether I want to bring him in for, say, Lockie Lamb potentially, uh, which could well be the go, I think. Rapana. As always, I want to keep an eye on him. He's back. He's had a full preseason, so he could be could be back to somewhere near his best this year. And Bailey Simpson's just a lock at that price. Just get him in. Mm, yeah, Desi. Um, the other one who will pique a bit of interest, uh, making his club debut, Ryan James. Um, again, with the four-forward bench, you've got Corey Horsbrad, Dubak, round two. He'll play good minutes because he's a very, very good footballer. Uh, and then you've got Corey Howard and Naira, who I think is due back around three maybe from his suspension. Um, just too much depth. I think Ryan James is a huge trap. And I just, you know, he's cheap, but the minutes aren't quite going to be there. What have you got, Des? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've actually, I've traded out Ryan James to the injured Sean Bloor. That's how much I, Jeez. I, I think that Ryan James will be yep. not great. So I'm literally trading him enough. Uh, he will be back in a couple of rounds before having James. Um, but yeah, other than that, at the Raiders, I've just got Simmonson. I mm. think he's he's the only one viable over the first couple of rounds. Yeah, but, well, Hod- yeah. I mean Hodgson as well. He is, but I think with when you've got guys like Coruscant, Little, Watson, Cook, etc., there's just not no space for him. Yeah, and well, um, I'm undecided because this is all such fresh news to us, but um, undecided on Hodjo because of a bloke we'll get to in a minute, and that's Jacob Little, but we'll get to the Tigers shortly. Um, whilst anything to add at the Raiders? No, I'll have Simmonson. Some mild interest in Joey Tapané, but like you said, four forward bench, no go. Yeah. Um, at the Tigers, 
Dane Laurie, uh, thank God, um, they've shown some sense and named him at fullback. So much upside there and so important for us as super coaches because he looks the goods and uh, a pretty solid play in our 17s, in our centre wing to start the year. Um, Asu Capeo beats Tommy Talau to a wing spot. Talau was named on the bench. Moses Embai has been named at 5'8". Uh, I expect him to become the 14 next week when Adam Dewey returns. Um, just a personal thought, may not happen. Um, there's, uh, I suppose there's a little bit of a risk that if, if uh, Dane Laurie's no good, that Embai could go to fullback, which would be a spanner, um, but I don't think so. Big news is Jacob Little has been named as the sole hooker in the side. So Jake Simpkins missed out completely. Tommy Talia's the 14, which, I mean, it has to suggest that Jacob Little plays – he plays 80 minutes. I mean, I suppose Moses Embai could deputise, but, I mean, there's no other half there to go in. I just It, it really surprises me, uh, a bloke with Little's injury history. Um, and then there's three middle forwards on the bench as well with Thomas Michaeli, Stefano Utakamanu, and Russell Packer, which is a concern for Alex Tawol, for anyone keen on him, because um, that's a lot of forwards, um, although they probably won't get big minutes out of Joe Offing-Gowie. Spy, uh, what do you reckon on the Tigers there? And they got who takes your interest? Jacob Little's sort of the big one there. Okay, boys, here's the big one. Jacob Little looks like he's going to be 80 minutes there, round one, which he could well. But Tommy Talao played a lot of 5'8". I think he may have played solely as a 5'8 coming through the juniors. So in round one, just because they're sort of obviously dealing without Dewey this week, it, is there a chance, do you think, that Tommy Talao comes on in the six at some stage during the match and Umbai slots down to hooker to, to spell little, which will likely happen next week anyway once uh, Umbai mm. probably goes back to 14? So if you're going to pick little, I just don't think there's a guarantee he plays 80. He could this week, and maybe he does moving forward. I certainly don't have any inside knowledge, but this week Umbai could still go to hooker and Tommy Talao into 5'8", which makes sense on why they've picked him then because it looks a bit odd otherwise. Yeah. And then next week, you've got Umbai probably back to 14, all going well with Dane Laurie, and then he probably spells Little from there. So I still don't mind Little, don't get me wrong, but so I don't look at that and say he's guaranteed 80 minutes. It still could be anywhere from 40 to 50, 60. Spy, that's, um, that's one of your better contributions on the podcast, mate. Very good from you. Not bad. Um, you, you say that most weeks, so I might be in a bit of form this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but just... Um, the only that's that's just really important, I think. So, just don't assume Little's going to be playing eighty. We'll certainly get a good idea this week of how many minutes Madge wants to play him with that option to bring on Tommy, Luciano Leilua. I'm actually so big on this year. Um, if they keep playing the style of footy they tried to play in the trial, which is early, early ball. Brooks gives to Luciano, which Brooks has spent sort of many a year just going for mine far too much to the line and just putting his back rowers under pressure. I think it's really finally coming out that he needs to give clean service and then support his guys in that way. Luciano is going to have more runs. His base was already okay without being elite, but that's going to lead to tackle bus, offloads, and attacking stats. So I don't think I quite have the balls to start him round one because they've got a tough two weeks. If they had an easier draw, I nearly would pot him. But just keep an eye on him, boys. Um, I think he could mm. be anything this year. And I'll let you guys yeah. cover the rest of the boys at the Tigers yeah, there. That, that little chat's got me um, a little bit more keen on Joshy Hodgson again. Um, yeah, Really interesting. I just uh, uh, Maybe it suggests that Mbai plays 20 at hooker this week and then obviously particularly from next week. Um, surprised there was no Simpkin. Um, just thought they were pretty highly regarded at the club. So interesting to see what happens there. Um, Desi, what do you reckon at the Tigers? Anyone who, who's piqued your interest? 
Yes, in fact, I have <laughs> I have more Tigers in my squad than any other team. Could you believe Seriously? that? Seriously? Yeah. I mean, you I have my attention. <laughs> I might be trading out little to Hodgson after that little chat there from the spies. He sort of won me over a bit. But I've, I've got um, Utakamanu as well, of course. Um, I've actually put in Sean Bloor as well as a Noff. So he's my one Noff so far alongside Sam Walker. I think you need two probably to start with. I think it's a fair amount. Two's then, big, mate. Two, two NPCs? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, I, I, I do because – and um, I, particularly at halfback, I, I don't mind starting with Walker there, and, and I've got him as well at this stage. Could definitely change. Um, like if Cleary goes down for a couple of games um, you have to, and you don't have a reserve halfback there, it means you pretty well have to trade out Cleary for a couple of weeks and waste trades. And I, I just think you want 24 of your 25 making money from round one, don't you? I like Bloor as an NPR because he's a guy who'll come back and should get decent time. But, like, I mean, he could be six weeks away. You reckon? I thought he was only three or four. With a, he, had, he had a broken wrist, right? Yeah, let me – I'll do some digging right now. You keep talking about your beloved Tigers, mate, <laughs> um, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll do some research. My last two there were the uh, obviously uh, Dane Laurie and Jimmy the Jet. I think they'll both score pretty well for their price range, and I think they're, yeah, they're viable center wings. And anyone under 300K, he's probably going to average between 40 and 50. It's going to make a solid amount of money. Yeah, Um no, no, all, all fair to me, mate. Um, Walsh, what have you got to add? And I just touch on it. Do you think two MPRs is too many for Desi? Jeez, I haven't really thought about that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am a bit hesitant. I originally had Sam Walker in my side, but it does leave you a little bit vulnerable there, even though I'm going to have CHT, who's a jewel, um, that could flip into there. But you'd still probably have to make a trade unless you had someone who was a jewel in, in the halfback as well, a dual five-eight halfback. So, yeah, it makes I, it tough. Um, I feel like most people would be happy to just go Cleary to Cherry Evans for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, I think the problem would be if if there's like a injury cloud or you know it was a one to two week injury. That's where it becomes really difficult. Um, but mm. like you say, you've got to use it if you've got to use it. But um, I, I think another thing, just looking at that Tigers. Um, team, I think another theory that could happen is um, Jock Madden could come in and start at 5'8", and Tommy Talao drops off the bench, and Moses and Bai goes to 14, and I think that's a big chance of happening because Jock... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually agree. Yeah, so I think it is a bit of a trap with Little because looking at that side, uh, I, I doubt that it holds up the way that it's named. Um yeah, so that's just something for people to keep an eye on. And, you know, like when I say keep an eye on, you've got to make a decision on it early because if you've got little in your side, you know, what are the options after it? Well, you've got one game and it's got two teams that are the most super coach irrelevant teams getting around in St. George and Sharks. So um, you've sort of got to make a decision on it. But I guess if you guys are tossing up between um, Josh Hodgson and Little, then you've you know, that's in the same game, but they're not the same price brackets. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It might it might lean you, I mean, it might lean me towards starting with Hodjo. If Hodjo starts poorly and little starts and scores really well and plays big minutes, 
it's an easy trade from Hodjo down to Little in round three before that initial price rise. Um, but if you start with Little and he doesn't play minutes and Hodjo's killing it, it's going to be hard to find that extra 150k to go up to Hodjo. Yeah, I guess I guess the other thing, Timmy, is like, do you do we expect Moses and Bai to drop out of the team altogether? Because I don't. Um, no, like, he'll be 14. Yeah, he's going to be the 14. He's going to play dummy half. Um, mm. He's going to be the six. He's going to play 5-8, and he'll be an 80-minute six. So, you know, realistically, what are you buying? You're buying Little to play possibly 80 minutes in round one, but not definitely. And then after that, he could be as low as sort of um, 40 minutes, you know, share, shared role with yeah. Moses and Bai. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, fellas. I reckon little yeah, reached a little bit of a trap there, and it's uh, funny how quickly you've changed my mind on that one. Um, just well, a quick one to add. Young star Tukey Simpkins, pretty good rip, uh, raps on him, rips on him. Pretty good raps on him. Uh, he's 20th man at the moment, so maybe he's another sneaky one that could come onto the bench come game day. Um, let's just keep an eye out for that one as well. And I suppose the whole Tiger squad, as Walsh said, they play the second last game of the round, which isn't ideal for Supercoach, so make your decisions early. Um, moving on to the last game of the round, Supercoach relevant according to Walsh, and uh, I agree pretty highly with him. It is the Dragons versus the Sharks at Jubilee Stadium, Sunday, 6.15pm. At the Dragons, uh, Cody Ramsey and Ravalawa won the wing spots there with Jordan Pereira gone. Interesting there. Um, Adam Clune starts in the halves with Corey Norman out. That'll change next week when Norm returns. Blake Laurie starts at prop, not lock as expected, but probably isn't really going to change things too much. Uh, Terrell Fuimaono starts at lock. That is a surprise, um, but has never really been super coach relevant, particularly now that he's lost his dual center wing back row status. Josh Kerr starts on the edge. Um, could make a case for him with big minutes. Uh, and Farmer Silly is another one who looked like a decent cheapie for round one, has been named on the bench, uh, which pretty well puts a line through him for me. The Jags have gone with a three-forward bench, plus Braden Williami as a utility back there. Um, so, Spy, mate, not a lot going on at the Drags. Um, any interest? Uh, absolutely zero for round one, mate. Oh, yeah. Always intrigued to see how Jack Bird plays. I'd love to just string a whole season together. You can you can play footy the boy and sort of you deserve some luck, but not super coach relevant just yet for mine. Um, and Cody Ramsey will be interesting. He's obviously a talented guy, but is he going to get much quality ball on the end of that back line? I'm not so sure, but just keep an eye on him as well moving forward. Um, Desi, what about for you, mate? Any interest in the Dragons? And just one that I think is worth touching on is um, uh, Ben Hunt, uh, just because we're so short on reserve halfbacks. We've spoken about it all preseason. Today's team list haven't helped that too much. Uh, any any interest at the Dragons and potentially Ben Hunt as a smoky? Um, I'd actually be leaning towards Adam Clune over Ben Hunt, to be honest. I think he's pretty decently priced at 291k. Yeah, but I reckon um, he'll drop to 14 or out of the squad when Norman comes back. Which is how many weeks away? Like ne- Next week. It's oh, a one-game game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> I've, I've got no interest in the Dragons then. And yeah. pretty much no interest in the Sharks either. I, I, I did have interest in Andrew Fafita, but the man has been dropped for disciplinary yeah. reasons, I believe. So, yeah, no, well, I have no interest in this game whatsoever. Whilst preempting uh, your answer... I'll move on to the Sharks. Will Kennedy named at fullback, which means Connor Chase has been named as the 14. No Talakai as he returns from injury. No Andrew Fafid as the big one. Another one, thank God he wasn't named there because that means that <laughs> I was tempted by him if he started. Don't have to make that decision now, thankfully. Um, whilst anything, thoughts on the Dragons or the Sharks? 
zero interest for me. But uh, the only two that I would mention is I think Ben Hunt will definitely rise in value. Um, mm. But I don't want to play him because I don't want to watch them every week. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it might be the game that I take off most weeks. But um, and I think a lot of people are going to go with Matt Moylan. Um, I can't do it. He's burnt me too much in the past, and um, I see a lot of their points probably coming off Will Will Kennedy anyway. But yeah, no, I can't have anyone in either of those sides, unfortunately, boys. So it's going to be. I'm going to know how I went, um, you know, by six o'clock on, or five o'clock on, um, on Sunday night. Beautiful, mate. Um, yeah, Moylan, I've got him my side at the moment. He's far from a lock. I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical, and it's for that point that you just touched on, Walls. At fullback, he got so many of those tries. He's just sweeping out the back and either th- and throwing that last pass for the try as the sweeper. He always got the try assist. Um Will Kennedy's going to get a lot of those that Moylan won't get at 5'8". Um, throwing his injury risk, and I'm pretty sceptical on him. Um, with Connor Watson at hooker and some decent hooking options emerging, uh, there's an option to move Connor Watson down to 5'8 and scrap Moylan. I'm not sure where I'm at at the moment. Need a bit more time to digest all this. Boys, awesome wrap of the side. Stoked with that one. Let's take a couple of questions. I reckon we've probably covered most of them, to be honest. Um but we'll have a quick go at it. One from the legends over at Supercoach Experience, another great podcast to check out. Really considering starting Latrell instead of Pappy. Talk me in or out of it. Uh, I'll give my first thoughts. I've spoken about it over and over again, but I just think I know Penn, uh, the Storm have the, a pretty tough draw to start the year, but you know he went nuts um, to start last season. Sorry, to end last season once he really found his feet in the top grade. Um, Adding the goal kicking duties, I just think you have to. I think you have to have Pappy, in my opinion. Latrell, look, he could come out and go nuts, but the Bunnies have a couple of tough games to start the year. I think the Storm and the Roosters in the first few games. Uh, what if Latrell comes out and gets fifteen? I mean, and anyway, interesting. Um, Spy, anything to add to that? We've spoken about it every week, but can you make a case for Latrell instead of Pappy? It's an upside risk play if you want to take it. Um... I just think we're going to need trades early in the year. And do you want to be using one on Luttrell if he starts slowly and getting Pappy yeah. in for when the Melbourne sort of run opens up? So probably not for me. It's very, very bold. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will say I think Manly uh, – sorry, the the Bunnies could annihilate Manly in round two. So maybe he's good for that. But, yeah, I wouldn't be starting with him. Mm. Uh, we've had the spies answer this one. I'll get one from you, Desi. Um Harry Bass asks, which pick is better out of Brian Kelly or Brian Toto in the centres to start with? 50-50. I always get these bloody tough questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'd probably go Brian Toto because I just think he's in a better team or we think he's in a better team. Um, we don't know how good the Titans are yet. They could be a top four team, but we definitely know that Penrith are. And we know that Tua's going to score a ton of tries. But that's not to say that Kelly can't out- outscore him. I think it it's really a coin toss, but Tua's probably just a little bit more consistent and has a bit more base start to him. Mm, yeah, look, I, I think Brian Tua playing in a better, far better side uh, with a far better draw to start the season. I'll be going Tua every day of the week. Um, I like Kelly, but I'm not as high on him as everyone else is. Um, another one, uh, a couple of us have touched on it, but one from Rick Hutch. Running clear is starting halfback. Seems stuck on strategy for backup half spot. 
risk it with enough and trade Cleary in and out if he's injured or find a decent price backup like CHT. Don't want to waste money on a backup spot if they're not going to get played in my 17 each week. Uh, and it's a big, que- it's an important question because I mean I'm still struggling with what to do whether I go with Walker or if I pay a bit more up and and get someone who I don't really like. Um, I think Desi said he's running with Walker at the moment. I don't know what I'm doing. Whilst what are you doing? I'm not sure. It's a big question. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the big questions, but um, I'm tossing up CHT. Uh, yeah, I think he's the big one that you could play there. So that's probably a big thing. It's probably Walker or CHT. I mean, a smoky for me is to play CHT and Nicarima because they both have dual. Um, Crikey. Yeah, which which would probably be a little bit too biased, I think, but I, I do actually believe they're both value propositions. So mm. um, it might just put too much pressure on watching those Warriors games, I think. Um, Spy, who's your reserve half at the moment? I've got Sammy Walker at the moment purely because – I have to lose a pretty good player to get that backup half in. And again, he that backup half may or may not play my 17. So I'm wondering if it's worth it. I'm thinking about just absolutely risking it for the biscuit and keeping Cleary in there, hoping he plays those first sort of eight, ten weeks when I have the money to upgrade elsewhere. If he doesn't, we'll just have to deal with it at the time, won't we? But, um, yeah, it's a risk I may be willing to take at this stage. I like it. Yeah. I, I just think uh, if you're... If I upgrade Walker to someone in the mid 450Ks, let's say Fogarty or CHT or someone, guys that I don't want in my team, that's going to cost me probably Kurt Capewell, who I rate big time at centre. And it also means I'm going to have to play someone like Tessie New or Jason Sarvi, my CT dub. So I think it's a risk worth taking. Um, that's just the way I'm leaning at the moment because I don't like anyone at half outside of Nathan Cleary. I can't believe that um, you know Sean Johnson being injured is the big factor because if SJ wasn't down, he'd be in there, but it is what it is. Um, here's a big question from Nigel Plum's shoulder. Nathan Cleary against the Cowboys captain in round one, James Tedesco against Manly in round one, or are there alternatives? Desi, what are you doing to skip around one? Got to be Teddy. It has to be Teddy. He is Teddy? gonna. He'll be going for the record straight off the bat. Uh, Walls. Yeah, I think Desi's talked me into it. If you're gonna pay that much for De- uh, for um, Teddy, then yeah, like you sort of feel obligated to captain him. Um, so, mm. uh, but I but I can see Cleary putting on a fair score against uh, the cows as well. So I think they're both pretty decent options. But yeah, mm. past Teddy. Spy, I know you've been talking all preseason about Angus Crichton as your locket safe captain for round one. Still him or are you looking elsewhere? Most likely Crichton. Teddy could come in late Saturday after afternoon after a few schooners. We'll see how excited I'm feeling. Game time decision, that one. Um, but I don't think I'd go Cleary week one with those other good options available. I, I like Cleary and he's solid, but there's so many mouths to feed at Penrith that sometimes he doesn't need to do that much to win comfortably. So that's my yeah. only concern there. Teddy we traditionally starts slow. Sorry, Timmy. Teddy traditionally starts slow, though, doesn't he? Round one's under often, the old yes. rules. Mm. Under the old rules, he did. So last year he started with a thirty-five and an eighty or something. But under the new rules, I think that changes things. And um, and he hasn't played a depleted manly sort of mm. round one that often. Either. He's had some, you know, often that round one matchup can be everyone sort of good to go and solid. And manly may well be, but obviously with a few guys out, Tommy and Co, they might not be that good. 
Um, don't need don't need in-depth answers here, boys. A couple of quick ones. I'll go through them. Mark Craswell, TKO or Welch? Um, that's obviously is a value proposition. So TKO over 100K different. Um, Walsh, TKO or Welch? I'm going to go TKO, but I understand if someone went Welsh with that, um, with that bench that they've named. Yeah. Des? TKO all day of the week. Spite? I've got Welsh to start just on side balance at the moment. Yeah. Um, it, would you go Brandon Smith over David Fafida? Spy, that's a good one for you. Nah. <laughs> no. I'm just locking David Fafida in. Um, spy might. Spy might. I'm talking about my buddy self now. I'm losing it. Um, <laughs> cheese might. Cheese might lose his good role after three three to five weeks, as we spoke about. So I'd rather just have Fafida there. But, you know, I can understand why you'd want to do it. Have a crack if you need to. 1,300 Twitter followers and the spy starts referring to himself in third person. It's not it didn't good. Take much. This is not good. <laughs> um, uh, hey, here's a, a real leery one from Brett O'Connor, and I thought it's worth bringing up because, oh, why not? Um, would having Luai and D Brown in 5'8 instead of Munster or Walker be too risky? Spy, I know you've already gone Luai. Uh, let's ask the question, Desi, would you consider Luai or Brown over Munster or Walker? Um. Yes, I think it's feasible. I think they're both capable of averaging seventy, as as is uh, Munster and Walker. I don't think they'll do it as consistent consistently. I I don't think Luai has anywhere near the base that Munster has. Uh, Walker doesn't have the base, but I think D Brown his bra- his base is extremely high. And if he if he like has some sort of a world year of a season, which I think he will in the next one to three years, it's going to be hard to pinpoint which one. But mm. he will become the best five eight in the comp in the next three years at some point. So it's yeah. definitely definitely one to to watch. I won't have him to start. I'm sticking with Monster, but D Brown will he'll probably slot in sometime during the season if he starts hitting a purple patch. Yeah, he averaged 65 last year, Brown, and it was very much a rookie season for him. Paris should be very strong again this season, if not better. Uh, so it's definitely an option. I wish he was available at halfback. It would solve a lot of dramas for us, um, but it's Munster or Walker for me. Um, fellas, that is a wrap for today's show. Monster, monster effort. We don't, think, we don't think we've ever gone this long, but being teamless Tuesday, uh, I think it warranted a special edition. Um, we'll be back to normal programming from here on out. Tuesday, 4.30 every uh, week, we'll be recording our podcast when teamless drop drops. Uh, we'll be also back to our regular content. That's up to about 15, 12 to 15 pieces of content each week from all the contributors at SC Playbook. Um, I mentioned that every week, but please jump into our forum on the website. I really want to get that um, pumping. There's been plenty of good chat on it. Give your feedback to others. Ask questions. I love it. Um, until now, bring on round one. Spy, thank you, mate. Cheers, boys. Good luck round one, eh? Cheers, Desi. Good luck, boys. It's on. Thanks, Wiles. Thanks, boys. Can't wait. Bring it on, boys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.